Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, why don't you let the audience know what we got in store today? Hey, Adam, today's topic is engagement. And you and I were talking that generally when this topic is brought up, it's, it's brought up in the context of someone at the top, someone who runs the organization as the president or um, you know someone in HR pushes through a new initiative, uh, a survey, uh, some new program to drive employee engagement. That's generally how it's framed. Uh, what that creates is a bit of a passivity yeah. in, the, in the rest of the people on the team. They're like waiting to be uh, moved on from the outside so that they can be engaged. And I think uh, there's a bit of, yeah, that passivity. Um, so rather than waiting to be uh, impressed, motivated, or whatever it takes to be engaged, um, I think you can just choose engagement. Yeah. And so we want to talk today about what it would look like to be engaged. Yeah, how no you mind. can show your bosses and your authority that you're engaged. You and I are men that are under authority. Most of our listeners uh, are, are under authority. Uh, no leaders are 100% autonomous, just doing whatever they want to do. I'm sure there's some out there that are maybe the on their own business. Yeah, the maybe him. Well, no, but you know, God, he kind of gets in the way of all that too. So anyway, but but the way we interact, and and this was also why we wanted to talk about this topic, because we know this is true. The way we interact with those above us, it matters. It really matters. And so it not only matters just with our position within the organization and the way the leaders think about us, but it really does matter to God as well in our relationship with the Lord. And so we were just talking uh, before we hit record about some scripture. And so Paul encouraged uh, all of us to be sincere in the way we interact with those above us in Colossians chapter three, mm-hmm. verses 22 and 24. That's what he talks about with slaves. Obey your earthly masters and everything. Do it not only when their eye is on you to curry their favor, uh, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. And then that great reminder that whatever we do, we're to work at it with all of our heart because we work for the Lord, not for these human masters. Uh, and even this morning in my time with the Lord reading Titus three, one and two, it just talked about very similar things in here about how we, are to submit to authority, respect authority, show reverence for all. And so I think this is also a topic that God cares about. When you when you claim to follow Jesus, the way you work and the way you interact with your authority, it matters. And so, yeah, we want to talk about some ways that you can kind of lead from the middle of the organization, if you will, and ways that you can show that you're engaged. So we came up with a list of what it's 10 dichotomies, which is a really... That's a big word. Why don't don't you know, just, I, I what does no that even mean? It means, but um, it's very impressive. It's yeah. very <laughs> so you've got these two things that are just different, yeah. right? And, and so, so we're going to uh, talk about one versus the other, and we'll also create a PDF yep. um, here. So uh, what I would encourage listeners to do is just print that out and circle, you know, one or two of these things. I, I need to shore this up or take ground in this area. And if you happen to be the Pope uh, or in your, you know, <laughs> do you think he listens? I bet he does. Yeah, yeah surely. Pretty awesome. He hasn't emailed yet. But no, I not email. We're waiting for it. Um, and uh, so, you know, if, if you're in charge, you could still print this off and go, I probably, I'm, there's going to be some things in here that you can take some ground on yeah. uh, for sure. So bosses yeah. are going to love this episode. <laughs> they won't love. This, <laughs> this will be, be the most favorite. forwarded episode ever. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, all right. So we're going to set it up like that old book that was out in the nineties. Eat this, not that. Oh yeah. You remember that book? The, like worthless. if you go to McDonald's, you're to eat this, not that. And just anyway, so yeah. we're going to say, do this, not that. Here's how you can show you're engaged. Yeah. Here we go. Number one, uh, show a want to attitude, not just a willing to attitude. So you got to show that you want to do something, not just that you're willing to do something. This candidly came from something that my wife and I had been talking a lot about over the past couple of years, because just in the context of our marriage, you know, she would, she likes to ask me if I want to do something like, Hey, do you want to go to the store with me? Do you want to mow the grass right now? Do you want to help me get the kids to bed? And I, I just, I don't want to lie. And so I just look at her all the time. I'm you don't going, want a no. relationship built on lies. Yeah. Yes. I don't, 
I don't want to, right? So that's the answer to your question is no, I don't want to. I'm willing to. And so little little free marriage advice there that we just have talked about. Hey, when, when you ask those questions, ask if I'm willing to, because I'm willing to serve you and help in multiple ways, but I don't often want to do that stuff. But I think that attitude can carry out or, or we can carry that into work where sometimes we can project this attitude of just like, I'm willing to do anything you ask me to do, but by golly, I don't want to do it. And uh, if you are somebody that is constantly putting out this attitude of, yeah, I'm just willing to, but I don't want to, that's not going to show engagement. And so little things that you can do to just show, I want to be here. I want to work on this project. I don't mind that it's extra hours. I don't mind that it's hard work. I don't mind that this project's going to take that long. I want to do this. That just shows you're engaged. And so I just think about my buddy, uh, Joe Daly here, who is, who is on our community team, kind of as a operations guy on our community ministry. That like Joe, just from the day he showed up, just shows he wants to be here. I mean, this is one of the guys you ask him, "What do you have career aspirations?" And he's just like, "I want to be on this staff for the rest of my life." You know, and it's just, <laughs> and it's so sincere. Yeah, and and he is he's engaged, and it and it impacts everybody, it, yeah. and it's really helpful. Yeah, Joe will do anything you ask him to do. Yeah. and so I was thinking, you know, Adam, um, what a uh, what a want to uh, versus a willing to uh, looks like. If someone asked you to do something and you said sure, uh, that's a willing to. Yeah. and if someone asked you to do something, you said, I'd love to. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, or that sounds fun. Uh, that's, that's a materially different answer and a materially different posture that, uh, um, that I, w- I would want to work with, um, the want to. Um, so another one would be if you're in a room and something needs to be done, it's kind of obvious there's a, there's a task at hand, uh, just for your hand to shoot up first. Yeah. yeah. Rather than wait, um, to see who takes it or wait to be asked, hey, I'll, t- I'll take that. I- I'd love, I'd love to do that. Yeah. yeah. Or let me take a run at it, uh, first. That is a, uh, uh, want to much more so uh, than are willing to, and they're just great to have on your team. You yep. want more people who um, who want to. Absolutely. So want to versus willing to, that's one way to show that you're engaged, show that you want to do something, not just that you're willing to. All right, number two would be this, is uh, bring solutions, don't just point out problems. One that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, or at least a few times on this podcast, but let's talk about it in the context of engagement. Yeah, so we've, we've said you know, probably a hundred times on here, leaders exist because problems exist, and that's what leaders do. You, you deal with uh, with problems. And, you know, it's, it's really easy to critique something that that's not that difficult of a skill set to uh, develop. And so, um, it's, it's important. That's what leaders need to do. They need to define uh, reality and figure out what's wrong so they can improve. Uh, but the skill that uh, is most coveted is solutions Amen. and someone who is just kind of even wired for uh, solutions. So if you want to know what this looks like, um, Luke Friesen, who's on our ops team, I was copied on an email a couple weeks ago and his email started, it was, it was two parts. One was uh, in bold problem. And so he defined uh, the problem. And then the next, the next section was possible solutions. And he had taken the time to write out two different uh, solutions uh, for those who were kind of uh, above him. And he said, you know, here's, here's my first run at this. Uh, let me know yeah. uh, what, what you guys think. And so that is such a different email to read than we've got a problem with X, yeah. you know, send. Uh, I, we don't need that. That's no. not, that's not a valued uh, member of the team. So just as a good, a good matter of practice, uh, when you you present a, a problem and you, you should, you should identify those and surface them. You should always have at least one solution. I'd make that part of your team culture. If you present a problem, you also present, you know, a solution doesn't have to be the one we choose, but make that a matter of practice. Yeah. Blake Holmes, who we've had on the podcast before shared this great word picture that when you only point out problems, that's like you taking a trash can into your boss's 
office and you just dump it on his desk and then you walk out. Right. So that does not show engagement. <laughs> that is rude. Uh, that does not show a team mentality. And so for a younger leader listening right now, you may be uh, whatever organization you're a part of or church that you're a part of seeing some older leaders or people that are a little bit more seasoned than you. And you're like, how do they have so many solutions to problems? They always seem to know what they're doing. Here's a dirty little secret is that leaders oftentimes have no clue what the solution is to problems. And that's why leaders exist as we talk about. And um, so if you're waiting for the solutions in the back of the book, they're not there. That one of the the muscles that you exercise as a leader is you just try to be resourceful. You just are trying to think about how could I solve this? This is right here. Even a bad idea, what we say around here a lot, bad ideas lead to good ideas. Yeah. Present five bad ideas, but at least you went through the process of trying to think through some solutions, which shows that you're engaged. It's it's working out those those leadership muscles that you need mm-hmm. to work out, and uh, and it just helps it helps move the process along. Yeah, it's, I mean, just to you know belabor the point a little bit. Think about a lifetime. Think about a 25, 30 year run of criticism or surfacing problems, and think about a 25 or 30 year run of I've got problems and I, I work really hard on creating solutions. Yeah. Just imagine who you're going to be in 30 yeah. years. If that's, those, are, those are the muscles yep. uh, that you're working and out. It starts right now. If you only point out problems without solutions, that's called complaining. And nobody likes to have a complainer. All right. So want to versus willing to. Solutions versus problems. Here's the third one. Are you somebody who gives energy or somebody who takes energy? So why don't you talk about that one? Yeah. Energy is a leadership category. It really is. And um, there are certain people, when they walk in the room, the light bulbs just kind of burn yeah. brighter. You know. And there's some people that they, they dim uh, when the door opens and <laughs> yes. like, did it just get dark? What, what happened? It got uh, colder had, in here. <laughs> oh, she's here. <laughs> yeah, you don't. No, wait, no names uh, yeah. are in our, in our mind uh, there. But um, yeah, you don't want to be um, that person. And so I, I think, you know, leaders, they, they generate energy rather than mirror it. So a follower would say, what's the energy in the room? I'll just mirror that. I'll reflect that. And a leader looks around. Um, Todd's really good at this. He's like, guys. Like, let's go, let's, you know, let's generate uh, energy. Uh, And also I think there's a, like a a positivity uh, to this. Uh, David Marvin, these are young adults. My goodness. I mean, he, he, you, you may have someone more. No, so I mean, than he a, sees you in the morning and he's like, John, there you are. And you got <laughs> dressed today, man. That's awesome. You're amazing. <laughs> this meeting's amazing. This problem, I don't have a solution, but it's like, it's going to work out incredibly well. And uh, that thing you're working on. Yeah. Unbelievable. I saw Yeah. Everything is amazing. And when you make fun of him and you try to, you try to pull him off sides, he won't, he yeah. just stays positive. And boy, you just want more of those people on yeah. your team. Yeah. I, uh, I just got done reading Scott Miller's new book called Management Less Mess to Leadership Success. He's a, an executive over at Frank, Franklin Covey. And one of the word pictures they used that I thought was so helpful was you, as a leader, you need to be somebody who carries around their own weather. You know, basically that idea that you, yeah, you, you control it. your attitude, carry around your own weather. So you can be in a room with a bunch of thunderstorms and you have got to, you just cannot be influenced by that because negativity is so contagious sometimes. Yeah. And you've just got to be somebody who uh, doesn't draw on the negative bad mood of everybody else and just goes, no, we're going to, we're going to be positive. I want to give energy to this uh, situation. So have you ever noticed how disengaged teammates uh, are rarely in a good mood? Like they're not the, it's just, I mean, their, their faces, I mean, it is so clear. It's cause and effect. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, clear in their body language, they're disengaged. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, faces and body language and things like that. And so that's yours to manage as well. You actually could be engaged, but your face doesn't know it. Yes. And you need 
to tell your face, you know, so that then everyone else can see, because they can't see, you know, your mind and your heart, but they can see your face and that's what they're making all the decisions based off of. So even, I would say even neutral, if you're like, you're not against it, you're not for it, but neutral really is negative. And you want to have kind of this yes face and uh, which that, that would be something for me. A lot of times I'm like, I'm in and I've had to learn to let my face know uh, so that everyone else knows just how in that I'm I'm in. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. All right. So want to versus willing to solutions versus problems gives energy versus takes energy. Number four is this is just me versus we, um, the, the longer I've been in leadership, the more I'm realizing that pronoun usage matters. Mm. So all of mm. our grammar school teachers are clapping right now and uh, so grateful for them. that so, so grammar matters. But the grammar that you use and the pronouns you use, it matters. It communicates. Are you looking out for the team or are you looking out for yourself? Are you looking out for the organization? Are you trying to make the organization great or are you just trying to make yourself great? So if your primary pronouns are me, we... Um, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Me or I, then that's not going to be, those are, that's going to communicate disengagement. But if you're using a lot of us and we, um, then it's that, that just lets you know, Hey, I'm, it's not, I'm not just here to make my life better. I'm here for us. I want this organization to be successful. I want this church to be all that God intended for it to be. So that, that pronoun usage communicates a lot. And I think about our friend, John Elmore, who we've had on the podcast before. And just the little things that John does is he, he's over, uh, he, he leads, uh, our recovery ministry and our community ministry. Like the guy has and connecting, right? So he has a ton going on, but he still makes the time to think about other ministries as well. He'll send emails about different things that he sees, uh, on campus or, Hey, I, I was thinking about kids ministry the other day and, and this yeah. idea came to mind, or I was thinking about something with what we do on Sundays and this came to mind. He's just got a we attitude. Yeah. It's just not. It's not just all about him and his ministries. He's thinking collectively about the organization, and that just shows he's engaged. I love it. Yeah, um, we've talked about Jim Collins. Um, that one episode we did, like all Jim Collins all yeah. the time, and, uh, <laughs> and so just the level five leaders they right. use those collective pronouns, yeah. and as opposed to um, the singular. And uh, you want to be around those people, and those people uh, generally, um, yeah, they're they're not at this thing to make a name for themselves and yep. people want to, um, people want to follow them. And so, which is really, it's kind of this, um, this interesting, um, paradox that the more you try to promote yourself, probably the less people will want to follow you, but the more you promote and celebrate and give away the wins, yeah. the more people will go, you never talk about you, but I actually want to, to follow you and I want to be uh, on your team. And so it's not the way we intuitively think it, it's a lot like, you know, Mark 10, you yeah. know, so godless people, they try to get power and they lord it over, but yes. Christians are supposed, if they have any power, whether they do or not, they use it to serve. Mm. And so I would say the godless, um, they're trying to get the spotlight on them. They're trying to take credit. And I think it's a mark of the spirit that you, there's a humility and you give away the wins and you focus on uh, other folks. And so uh, John, John's a great example of that. All right, here we go. Let's go to number five. This is one that I know you like a lot, John, is what if versus why not? So if you want to be engaged, you're asking the question, what if you're not giving the answer as to why not? Yeah, I love it. So there's a couple, couple parts to that. One is when, um, you know, kind of when discussions are, are happening, um, just to let them go. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talked about, uh, it's, it's a great phrase. Uh, hey, here's a bad idea that might lead to a good one. Yeah. And just being okay with that. And you don't want to be the person that just jumps on, um, you know, uh, the 15 reasons why that would never work. Like no one wants that. And so oftentimes if you'll just stay in the room, 
ring and let ideas uh, percolate, bounce around, people kind of plus them and add to them, then you come up with a really, really great idea. So you want to be a person that's very comfortable uh, letting it kind of run its course and see what happens rather than kind of throw 10 flags on why that would never work. Uh, And then second, like you want to be the person who just generates uh, really good uh, ideas, you know, and uh, who has out of the box uh, thinking that's a, that, that shows that you are engaged because engaged people would do that and passive people would wait for the good ideas to be passed down. And I was in a meeting uh, yesterday and one of the gals on our staff, Laura Webb, uh, threw an out of the box idea. I mean, it was crazy. And it, it just took me back and I was like that, I don't know if we can do that, but if we could, that would be amazing. And yeah. I just thought, well, I, now I want Laura uh, on my teams and in my, um, you know, in my meetings and things like that. It's a real, real gift uh, to have. Yeah. And, and it really is. It's just saying, what if, I mean, even just that little phrase putting what in there, if. Hey, what if we did this? And it's a great way to start conversations at lunch. It's a great way to start the water cooler conversations. You know, I was thinking the other day or I was driving in or I was out on a run and I thought, what if, Usually bosses and leaders love those conversations because they have this rejection of the status quo. They want to keep moving forward and ideas bless leaders, right? And you're just throwing ideas out there and that really communicates a tremendous amount uh, of engagement. It also shows some curiosity, Mm -hmm. you know, that you want to keep Mm -hmm. learning, Mm -hmm. which again shows more engagement. We didn't make it a separate point, but it kind of goes in with this on just this idea of what if versus, uh, versus why not. Little thing too, trying to use the word and not but again. So now we're back on grammar here. But so stuck on grammar today. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm uh, I'm in on this. So uh, somebody is sharing an idea. You don't think it's fantastic, but and you could just say, uh, yeah, we could do that, and we could do this. So it's not again in a brainstorming Mm -hmm. session. It's not shutting something down. You continue in the conversation. It it keeps going. Yeah, it just keeps the conversation going, knowing that idea that a bad idea might lead to a good idea or one good idea is going to lead to a great idea. It's just that way that creative process works. It's good. But in no shuts down creativity. And, uh, and it just shows that you're not really engaged, that you're trying to win an argument or something like that. It doesn't show a sense of us. Yeah. Last, uh, last caveat on this one. Um, you earn the right to, to say what if, if you execute, there you if go. you're getting stuff done. <laughs> yes. And so uh, no one wants the guy that walks around the cup of coffee and just pops into people's offices and say, what if, what if, what yeah. if, what if, what if, uh, and there's no body of work or nothing that you're leading, yeah. you know? Um, and so there's the some, more, there's some youth director. We just totally burst his bubble right oh, now. Cause no. he's like, Oh, I'm totally going to do this. I'm just going to go was, around after lunch. I was going to be the pastor of what if, yeah. and uh, no, there is no <laughs> such thing. Um, and yet, um, so yeah, if you're executing and you're, you're playing all in, and um, then you have the right to do that. And it really is a gift. All right. So number six is this anticipate versus react. So we want to show engagement by anticipating things that are coming around the corner rather than always reacting to things. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a sense that um, you have, you have a choice. You can walk into meetings, you can uh, roll up on on Monday morning and you can wait for things to be pushed to you, wait for things to happen and then start to uh, form your day. Or you can say, uh, I, uh, I, I have a sense this is coming. I have a sense this is what will be best. No one's asked me to do this. I will. Um, I will take this off uh, someone's plate. They haven't even asked me. Uh, I, I can tell you that in, in two months, this is this thing is happening and no one's thought through that. So I will go ahead and, and take yeah. a run at it. And so I was in a meeting a couple of weeks ago uh, and Garrett Weichel, who's on my team, we were sitting in, a, sitting in a meeting and I looked at this video and I go, this video is, I don't know that's what we want, candidly. I think we could do better. And I kid you not, this is, and he's, Garrett's not a video guy. It's not, right. that's not his job. He goes, yeah, he goes, I actually saw that. And I think it would have been like yesterday. He goes, I, I saw that. And so um, if you guys have a second, I actually edited it 
and changed it. Uh, do you guys want to see it? <laughs> Everybody's jaw dropped. And we're like, well, sure, Garrett. And he showed it. And we're like, yeah, that. Let, let's, That's what we let's want. Let's run with that. And he goes, great. Who, uh, go. who do you want me to send this to? And no, it was it was not Garrett's job. Uh, he saw something that could be better and he, ju- he just fixed it. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, I want more of that guy, yeah. more of that guy. Here's my problem with anticipation or how I've reconciled a problem I've had with it. Cause when I, when I first showed up around here on staff over nine years ago, there was a lot of, you need to anticipate what your leader needs. You need to anticipate what your boss needs, anticipate what the organization needs. And I would just sit there practically and go, I cannot read their minds. Hmm. So how, how am I supposed to anticipate? And so here's how I've reconciled the fact that I can't read a leader's mind or, or the organization's mind. And I also need to show engagement and be engaged by anticipating is uh, is I just study people and I study my bosses, I study the leaders around here and you start to see some pattern recognition and going, okay, what what this person is going to probably want might be di- different than what this person is going to want. And so when I take the focus off of me and start to study some other people, I have found that I'm better at anticipating their needs. And mm-hmm. so again, if you're a, if you're a leader driving around listening to this on how can I start to anticipate my boss's needs, I bet there's some patterns there just just start observing, start studying your boss. Like you would study for a test or studying to get ready for a sermon or something like that. Just start to study your leaders. And I bet you'll see some patterns. Yeah. I love it. it uh, not to make this weird, uh, but it is back to the, the spouse analogy. It's a lot yeah. like that. The, the more you think about them, study them, the more you know uh, what they're going to want. And so uh, Pam and I were recently going on a, on a road trip and I was in target and uh, Halloween candy was like on sale or something like that. And, uh, and I said, Oh, um, you're going to want, you know, I think it was junior, uh, junior mints. I saw some junior mints. It's a like, solid you, you choice. And, uh, yeah. Does she get that at non-Halloween times or is that just oh, a yeah, Halloween? Year round, year round. Oh, yeah. wow. Absolutely. And, much uh, respect. and so I just said, Hey, do you want me to pick you up some? And she said, Oh, thank you so much. Um, I, I already got some, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I was late. Uh, but I just, I just being with Pam, I know like that's, that's kind of her, her, thing. her thing. And so, uh, and she never told me it was all observed. So to your there point, you if you'll just observe people, you tend to know what they what they are going to want and need when they when they get there. And when you're anticipating, it shows that your self motivation or or that there is self motivation there. If you're only reacting, it shows that you need motivation, which again never communicates well. If you anticipate, you're taking things from your boss's to do list. If you're reacting, you're oftentimes adding things to their mm-hmm. to do list because mm-hmm. now their boss is going, "What am I going to give this person mm-hmm. to do?" So just little things help with all that. All right, number seven is this time intelligence versus surprises. And so the generous sharing of information to avoid surprises usually blesses everybody and it communicates engagement. And so, um, you know, reality nowadays is this, is that life moves so fast that it's almost moves too fast for plans. And I think this is the reality for every organization out there and any size or scope is just things are moving so fast and you've just got You've got to share information quickly with one another. You can't wait for the next meeting to share some new information. You can't wait till you get home to type out the thoughtful email. Sometimes you just got to go, hey, just heard this. You need this information. Hey, you just heard, I just heard this. You need this information. And so uh, when you can be somebody who is in the habit of sharing information generously and sharing it widely to make sure that there are going to be no surprises that shows engagement, it usually... 
Uh, leaders are blessed with information. Mm-hmm. They, they get to determine what they're going to do with the information. Uh, your job is just to share it, right? You, you don't get to determine whether or not it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll determine if it's relevant and if they're going to file it away or, or do anything with it. But uh, you, you have a great example of somebody who does this well on your team right now. Well, yeah, I'm just, I was telling you last, last night, I got an email from uh, Caitlin and uh, who runs our com uh, for both Watermark Resources and Watermark right now. And she, it was just a quick text and she just said, Hey, just an FYI. So you're not surprised. Yeah. That's how it started. And here's what you need to know. So like, great. Thank you very much. And, uh, and which is really, it was really interesting because that's the, the image I have in my mind. If the elders or Todd, uh, were kind of like at their kid's ball game and someone come up to them and said, did you know that? Yes. Uh, I want them. And if it's anything that I'm, I'm working on, uh, I want them to be able to go. Yeah, actually I do. Um, so yeah, John, John told me all about that. What, what did you want me to know rather than no, what, what is it? And, um, and so that, that just puts your, um, your leader in a position of ease. They, they, they're not, then they don't have to worry about like, what do I not know? Yeah. They just assume they know all the things that are relevant, uh, to them and they don't have to worry about something else. And then it just communicates a value. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel, I felt in that, in that moment, I felt very served from Caitlin. Um, so that if ever someone brought that up to me, I go, absolutely. Caitlin told me exactly about this. This is, this is how we're thinking about this next. In our and, team, we have this little thing. If you put in the email subject line operation, no surprises that it's just, <laughs> it's just become common language on our team. Like I know all you're doing is you're giving me info. You, you don't expect me to respond to it. You're, you're helping me. I'm never mad when I, when I read those emails and I always feel served by it. So I think kids and girlfriends are the only ones who like surprises, <laughs> right? Every, everybody else hates them. And so just share intelligence and your information. Your pastor is not, it's not yes. a kid and not your girlfriend. Yes. So this, God, this is weird. All right. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's move on. Gratitude. Number eight is this gratitude versus entitlement. So it's just, again, simple things, but let's, sometimes we forget it. It shows engagement when you have, uh, when you are grateful for being a part of the organization or when somebody helps you versus just sitting there and feeling entitled, putting off that attitude of entitlement. Yeah. Golly. I mean, we've got, this generally is a bunch that we work with who are generally just kind of grateful um, to be here and grateful for the roles I get to play. Braun, you know, drop yeah. that great, that great line. Ministry is a gift to me. Uh, I'm not a gift to the ministry. And most days Braun walks in, I think we're just with a posture of golly, what, what a, what a gift. I heard Todd actually, uh, was on a, was on a podcast, um, I think last week. And that was one of the things he started. He said, I've had the privilege mm. of being the pastor. And it's that posture, um, that we're, we're talking about. I get to do this. Um, and then also anything that I'm given, I'm, I'm grateful for, I'm not entitled for, you know, we have, yeah. are not, not entitled, uh, around, uh, Christmas, you know, every year, uh, we get some kind of gift and we'll get some, you know, something with a W, a little watermark W on it. And, uh, the longer I'm here, the more I'm tempted to go, of course, that's just like, that's what you give me at Christmas, you know, and I have to go, no, I am, I am grateful and, you know, write a note, uh, those kind of things. And so your kids, you know, if you want, if you don't know what this looks like, in you, if you've got kids, you know, when they don't say thanks, you know, uh, what that feels like, as opposed to you give them anything. And like, thank you so much, dad. I really appreciate that. All you want to do is give that kid, uh, more. And it's the same thing in the workplace people who are grateful, people who, uh, are, are glad they get a chance to do what they do. Uh, you want to give them more people that are entitled and they feel like they're entitled to more than they have. Uh, oftentimes you don't want to give more to. Yeah. And you know, it, what we even read in the scripture before about honoring others. So we 
we can go go to Paul in Romans 15 about um, submitting to authority and respecting authority. I think Peter writes about that as well. That uh, sometimes just saying thank you, I appreciate the way you mm-hmm. help me. I appreciate how you shepherd me and disciple me. I mean, all those little things communicate honor yeah. and respect. And I think I think the Lord cares about how we are honoring and respecting those that we work for and that we work around. Amen. So, Amen. okay. Uh, number nine is uh, somebody you want to show that you're engaged if you can get stuff done versus always needing to be reminded. Oh, man, man. This so, is a pet peeve of yours. Oh, I, yes. Well, and I don't have, uh, the great news is I don't work with people that this is, um, you know, they've got some data to, to roll out to you of, right. of colossal failures. But I just know that if I need to remind you to do something multiple times, it's probably easier for me just to do it myself. Yes. And, um, you know, that's if you're on a team and it's lateral or both both ways. Um, and, and you can also, I will say this too, while, while we're here, uh, you can delegate up uh, sometimes. And so some people, um, you know, quote unquote, below you need the freedom to delegate up. And then whenever they ask you to do like, you need to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, Robert Green is an example of both of these that I'm talking about. Every once in a while, he'll go, hey, John, I'm just going to delegate this up, which I know means I've taken a run at this and I, I just, I can't get the right people to chime in. And so, um, knowing the meetings that you're in, if you would get that for me, that would be great. And, and I need to execute on that. Conversely, when I ask Robert to do something, I, I don't need to think about it the second it's left my mouth. Yeah. And in fact, I often don't, I just hit delete and it's such a gift um, to me. And so yesterday we we're in a meeting and, uh, we we're talking about a, you know, pretty elegant solution for some of our problems. It would be, um, It'd be really amazing and elegant meaning technical, technical, right, yeah, correct, yeah. yes. And um, and I just said, hey Rob, can you look? Can you look into this for me? And I, he popped his pen and he wrote it down on his uh, little <laughs> yellow legal pad. And I thought, I, I can so see that I don't have to ever worry about that. The next time I hear about it, it will show up in my inbox, um, all the way thought through. And you know, hey John, what do, what do you want to do with this? Yeah, and uh, and that is such a gift. I just want to give Robert more and more yes. and more. It communicates engagement. It's respectful. It's, and, and it really, it just shows, uh, it shows that he's a person who can keep his word, right? Yeah. Because he's done that. He has a track record. And so there's a tremendous amount of trust there. You want to be known as a finisher. That's what you yeah, want to be so. known. And then if you can't meet a deadline, well then go back and see number seven, timely intelligence versus, in, versus surprises. Just communicate Absolutely. that you're going to have trouble with all that. Okay. So that's nine. We'll go over this list here in a second. And again, people can print out the PDF. You and I both have our own number 10. Uh, so yours is uh, way more helpful than mine. So why don't you share your number 10 first and then I'll share mine. And I wrote down, down yours. You want to be known as somebody who, who de-amplifies stress rather than amplifies stress. Right. right. And so in any kind of situation, um, you know, a leader needs to figure out how to solve the, the solve or manage uh, the problem and then uh, manage the emotion of everyone else uh, uh, involved with that. Um, uh, you do, to be a good teammate, you don't want the leaders to have to uh, fix you, problem solve you, manage you, or manage your emotion. There you go. And so, and any anytime you don't know kind of what to do, anytime you're stressed, uh, if you bring that energy into the room, it makes it really, really hard to think solutions. And so, uh, just a, a real simple tip: two things. Uh, one, let the first words out of your mouth to say, "Okay, it, it will work out." Yes. Like I, I don't, I don't have the solution, and I don't even know if there is one. But I'm just going to believe it's going to work out. And then the second, you just trust. We we did a whole podcast on this. You just trust that God's in control. Yeah. You know, uh, Job 42 to man, no plans of yours can be thwarted. And so you walk in that belief, um, just as everybody in the Bible after the fact has looked back and said, God, you know what? God was actually in control. 
we've seen this pattern enough that we can start there and say, God, God's in control. And that is an amazing gift to give uh, your team, to give your leaders, to give those uh, below you. And it shows that, hey, I'm, this is mine to engage with rather than, hey, I'm going to sit here while you guys uh, fix this. And, uh, and fix and, me. And fix my yeah. freaking outness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> freaking outness. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot more helpful than my number 10. My number 10 uh, <laughs> is this just to show that you're engaged is don't let your boss catch you being active on LinkedIn. Um, maybe just some good advice. There, no, what so. we were laughing is like, anytime I start getting, uh, LinkedIn, uh, requests and updates, um, you know, from, from others outside, I'm like, well, they're leaving. Yes. You know, that's, and so truth that's, be told, that's an inside joke for John and I, because I reactivated my LinkedIn account in the last <laughs> four weeks and sent him a, uh, a connection. And he just texted me and was like, See you later. Uh, about six months and you're gone. It's, it's and been so, a great run. <laughs> it's been a little joke. Okay, true. let's go through this list one last time, then we'll wrap it up. Want to versus willing to. Solutions versus problems. Give energy versus take energy. Me versus we. What if versus why not. Anticipate versus react. Timely intelligent versus surprises. Gratitude versus entitlement. Done versus need reminding. And de-amplify stress versus amplify. Candidly, I look at that list, John, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm. I like just truth be told, I cannot do all of that. And I don't think our that's intention. Where ha- that's why we're having this podcast. That's <laughs> right. for you. So it's just free therapy for me. So, uh, and I think that's, yeah. you know, when we, we both know when we wrote this down, this is the perfect employee who shows they're engaged all the time. So we'll go back to that PDF and what you said at the beginning, print it out. Think of a couple of them, mm-hmm. right? This is, these are little challenges. Try one for a month. Uh, try one for a week or a couple of days. Just try some of these. Share this. And I bet uh, I bet if you start to do one or two of these, it's going to up the engagement that you're showing uh, for your organization. Yeah, really solid. So yeah, leaders have a bias towards action yeah. and not just more and more and more information. So uh, print it off, make a note, tweak it, make an 11th, um, figure out a way to kind of move the needle in your own leadership, or just print this out and take it to your team and say, hey, let's all pick one of these yeah. and let's be the kind of teammates we would want to hire again uh, if we had an open slot. There we go. All right. Well, if you have any questions or comments on today's episode or topics you'd like for us to consider for future episodes, please feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at watermark.com. If you liked what you heard today, please rate and review us. That helps people find us. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.